And hello, people of the internet. How's it going today? How you doing? I'm Billy Bones, and this is a walk through the mind. A moment where we can sit down, hang out, chit-chat, discuss a handful of ideas that have been bouncing around inside my head and see if we can't take those ideas for ourselves and go out and get the conversation started with friends, family, the people we meet on the street, or maybe we just get those gears turning within our own heads and see where it takes us. So I was walking through my bachelor pad, my giant man cave in the grand scheme of things, seeing as there's no woman here to tame this place down, just looking at everything. Always kind of, everything's in half a project step, it kind of seems like. Most specifically, the, the garage, the workshop, three or four different projects in mid-production as they go. Somewhere between being tired or not having enough time the rest of the day to start the next phase of the project. Or holding off just a little bit on the money. Need to save up for that next little bit, next little spot within the project. Or more overall, just kind of where everything ends up. I'm not saying that my garage is one giant junk drawer. You know, that drawer that you have in the kitchen that everything kind of just ends up there. Doesn't really have a space anywhere else in the house. Just put it there. Need something in the junk drawer. It's always there. Random bits of string or that occasional zip tie. Maybe that's where you keep the scissors. And again, the, the garage is not a junk drawer, but there's little spots and whatnot where everything else is moderately well organized. Organized chaos in certain aspects. But other aspects, like the nuts and the bolts, I've got all those rather well organized. Still drive an engineer nuts, but you get it. Ah, <laughs> accident. But again, and there's there's things, there's pieces. Most things are rather well organized. Like things are with like things. Car tools go with car tools. Wrenches go with wrenches. Wood tools go with wood tools. Paint goes with paint. All the good stuff. But again, and there occasionally there's certain things that just don't have a spot just yet. And it made me start thinking about you know the caveman days when we would have certain stacks of rocks we like these pretty rocks and we put them over here we like those other pretty rocks we put them over there and we put the the pelts over there and the stacks of wood for the fire over there and how pristine did ancient man and ancient woman keep their caves i think about tv shows where they show shots of inside the homes actually a lot of homes been rewatching home home improvement with Tim the Toolman Taylor. In his house, even though they've got three kids, moderately well clean. Granted, uh, this is the time in life where a stay-at-home mom was at least a feasible dream. And they show other people's homes here and there. and All their homes, pristine. Never watched Friends, but all the scenes I see on Friends, the house seems to be pretty well kept. Same with Seinfeld, never watched Seinfeld, but all those homes seem to be, everything's put away, everything's organized. Makes me wonder if people even live there. But I put my dishes away, the counter's still kind of got some clutter on it. My desk, the desk is actually more clean here in Tennessee than it was in Washington. 
somehow. Dining room table's a mess, though. I actually sit at the dining room table here and didn't actually really do that out in Washington. And it's not a mess with plates and silverware. No, those get washed regularly, put away, organized. Same with my pots and pans. Except for the cast iron, that one sits on the stove all the time. That's used almost daily. But the sofa, I got blankets on the sofa. Some of them hang over the back of the seats. Some of them are tucked into seat cushions so the dog can sit on the sofa without tearing up the seats. And there's other blankets that are just kind of strewn about. Not that I have guests to worry about. But I also, again, know that people keep their houses rather pristine. Keep them very clean. You don't put that blanket back, fold it back properly. What are you doing? Are you a heathen? Were you born in a barn? Close that door. Just kind of looking at the feng shui of it all. Now, it's easy to let clutter get out of hand and become a mess. And then you have to do a much bigger cleanup on it when the time comes around where you actually have guests that are showing up. Be that once a month, once a week, every day, maybe only once or twice a year you have people coming over and you actually go out and interact with other people. There's a level of making sure you know where everything's at. And I guess it's you, me, the person who has to deal with that situation every day, kind of has to be the one to be able to find the thing when the thing needs to be found. I know back in Washington, a stack of papers on my desk. Couldn't tell you what's in that stack of papers, but when I needed to find whatever I needed to find, I could just peel that stack back and grab exactly what I needed. I knew exactly where it was. Wasn't worried again about presentation. Not in the office, at least. But speaking of the office, there is some place where we actually keep things moderately clean and organized, unless it's our own personal office. That one doesn't count. I'm talking about those of us that are still employed within the greater rat race of things, having to go where other people co-mingle with us. We all have to go to the same supply closet, get pens and pencils and sticky notes to pocket to take home because we don't want to pay for the those on our own. company pays for those. And in that sense, organization and cleanliness is key. Point that everybody will guarantee you know where everything is. I was talking to a guy the other the other day, a couple of weeks ago, I guess already, and how he, in his laboratory, that's where he works, he works in a lab, he's got all these different jars, all these different bits that he's working with, but it's his own place, and he kind of goes whimsical, and goes with the flow, and grabs the thing, and then all of a sudden he can't find it, he's misplaced it, but he'll find it again, eventually, because it was in his way, he just put it back, and I asked him about how he's sorting everything and he said his wife came through and alphabetized all his jars made sense but then you actually have to start looking at you know AA and AB and ABC and making sure it all goes in the exact specific correct order and I asked him about you know maybe simplifying it making a grid type system like battleship you got A through H or does it go through J I haven't played battleship in a minute But either way, letters across one way, and then numbers the other way, 1 through 12, or whatever the number of battleship is. And that way, you kind of keep general things in a general area. Keep all your hydrogen products in the A column, your carbon products in the B column, and then however you want to cross-reference it for your 1s and 2s, 
but simple organization. So that way, when you're in the heat of things, you're in the midst of mixing and matching and putting things here and there. You can at least have the idea of, well, now the table's a mess. Let me just put these back real quick. Then you know where things are supposed to go. A little bit of organization can go a long way. And again, being able to clean up, get organized, get squared away, so that way you can start your next project. Kind of like one of the hardest aspects of woodworking is the process of setting up from sanding or even just the general prep work of getting the wood together to cut it cut it into pieces. That's one stage of setup. Because I don't have a full-on workshop, I have to set things aside and relocate and move things around. And then I get to the sanding, so that's a new phase of setup. It'll take a half hour to an hour, depending on how involved things need to get. Then once all the sanding is done, move on to painting or staining. I like to call staining painting. It just keeps it easier on the definitions or the explanation, at least as I ramble on. But the painting is a whole nother step. Get that all squared away. So being able to at least know where paint supplies go and sanding supplies go and wood cutting supplies and measuring tools, having it all organized again so that way when I need it in a flash, I know where it's at. But when I need to put things away, it all goes again in that specific spot. But the ebb and the flow, something that kind of accentuates our personality at some level. Or maybe the the exact level. Maybe the outline of your house, your layout, your shop, your workspace. It's just, again, how you flow. You've got that stack of papers sitting on the side of the desk. You don't know what's in that stack, but you anybody asks you for that one piece of paper, you can just flip that stack open, and it's right there. Right where you left it. Until someone comes in, decides to help, and put everything away or organize it for you. And then you don't know where anything is. You didn't organize it unless you have that preordained organization system. But coming back to the house, that feng shui of the house, the way it all kind of flows, the last house had its flow, had its way of interacting with things, custom-built home, not a cookie-cutter home. And now this home that I'm in, another rather custom home, completely different layout, different kind of setup and how it ebbs and flows. It's got its own little uniqueness and quirkiness, ups and downs on certain aspects. But I figured I'd at least dig in just a little bit within on what feng shui is, or if you're having fun, feng shui. And we'll start off with a little bit of Wikipedia. Feng, feng shui, sometimes called Chinese geomancy. Geomancy, that sounds like the necromancy, except necromancy deals with the dead. Geomancy, geography. Geographics, geometry, and mancy, some kind of spell casting, flow, sorry, rambled, but it makes you think, geomancy. Sometimes called Chinese geomancy is ancient Chinese traditional practice which claims to use energy forces to harmonize individuals with their surrounding environment. The term feng shui literally means wind water, i.e. fluid. From ancient times, landscapes and bodies of water were thought to direct the flow of the universal chi or cosmic current or energy through places and structures. More broadly, feng shui includes astronomical, astrological, architectural, cosmological, geographical, 
and topographical dimensions. Historically, as well as many parts in the contemporary Chinese world, feng shui was used to orient buildings and spiritually significant structures such as tombs, as well as dwellings and other structures. One scholar writes that in contemporary Western societies, however, feng shui tends to be reduced to interior design for health and wealth and has become increasingly visible through feng shui consultants and corporate architects who charge large sums of money for their analysis, advice, and design. In the wake of the climate crisis, feng shui is being taken into academic consideration for possible contributions to ecological philosophy. The ebb and flow of not just what's in your home, but how the city, how the state kind of flows within the greater bounds of nature. At some level, you kind of have to blast a hole through a mountain, make a tunnel, make it a little bit easier. Or you can do a straight line up and over the mountain, kind of make it difficult, but get you over there real quick. I guess that's kind of backwards in the description of things. But what about the switchbacks that go up and over the mountain there to help you see and ease your way up and over the mountain? I guess that's a level of feng shui. But the orientation of buildings. I remember people talking about the house that either views the sunrise or the front door views the sunrise or views the sunset and how that's supposed to affect things. It definitely affects the Temperature and the heating of when the house gets hot or certain rooms within the house get hot. Whether or not when you open the front door, whether or not you're a morning or an evening person, whether or not you want to get blasted in the face by the sun rays or be able to sit on your front porch and watch the sun go down over the horizon while sipping your evening drink. Or more along the lines with the bodies of water and how they flow or maybe within the greater breezes of everything, how they sway with the wind, interact with the trees or the greater thereof of trees, well, we still keep them around at the very least. It's a little bit more in depth than we even thought we could go. Again, when we think about feng shui, we more think about, you know, do we put the sofa in the middle of the living room or do we put it on this wall or that wall? Do we hang two pictures or seven pictures? And there is something to say about that and how the house kind of lays itself out. Discovering the feng shui of this house was quite interesting and how everything kind of fell into its place. It had its spot. There's a series of pictures that I hung up just kind of making sure I could fill the wall space. And then as I stepped back to look, there was a third picture that I had hung a little while earlier, probably a day or two before. And that third picture... In a completely different room, fill right in line with the other two pictures that I hung. In the grand scheme of visual aspects, and it was like magic. Like it was supposed to happen. It was kind of weird to see it all unfold. But I guess we can cruise on to maybe some tips that at least the website The Spruce can have for offering us some better feng shui that we want to make our house breathe just a little bit better so we don't have to pay those silly consultants we could just again take some tips look at what we're looking at take a step back and see how it all works out and the first step they talk about is brightening up your entryway don't over clutter it make sure it's a, a welcoming spot don't just pile up your shoes and your coats into piles and keep 
whatever a mess. That's what the mudroom's for. The side entrance door through the garage. Create the mess to pile up there. People that come through your front door make the home welcoming. It's actually a tip I should take. Front door of my house is not my main entryway. I don't think about it. But people, when they come over, seem to walk through the front door. Should make it just a little bit more appeasal, amenable, appealing. Number two, clean your windows. Guilty as charged. I have not cleaned my windows. But I also keep my blinds shut. I need new windows. They leak too much heat and bring in too much cold. So I just keep the curtains up. They look like some crazy hermit. But the windows, they bring light in. There's sunshine. That is something I miss about the last house. That front window being rather large. We'd open the, the blinds up in the morning. Let all that sunlight in. Watch the dog sunbathe on the living room floor. Being able to look outside and see the weather for as good or as miserable as it is. But I do keep the back window, back sliding glass door at least, partially uncovered. Soak in some of that sunlight that's ambient. Probably the best sealed window that I have left in the house. Except for the other sliding glass door that I've already replaced. But letting it, again, that breathe. That ability to let the outside in and see the outside. Even though we're separated by that pane of glass separating us from nature so we don't have to deal with the extreme heat or extreme cold or that miserable rain. Let those delivery people deal with that. Thank you, delivery people. Number three, give your doors some attention. Make sure that they open at least 90 degrees. Make sure they shut appropriately. Make sure they're clean. You don't want to be able to or have to squeeze through a door. That's no fun. It means you got too much clutter, too much stuff at the back of the door. Easy to happen, easy to do. But the doorway, that full doorway, being able to walk away, shoulders abroad. Again, it's breathing of the house. Number four talks of a commanding position. I actually like this one. I appreciate this one. We'll read it. Commanding position governs how you position yourself in life. Apply this position to the location of your bed, desk, and stove. The bed represents you. The desk represents your career. And the stove represents your wealth. When you are in these spaces, be sure that you can see the door without being directly in line with it. For example, when you are lying in bed, sitting at your desk, or cooking at the stove, you want to see the door. You might end up diagonal or kitty corner from the door. You are in command of your life when you are in commanding position. You are in a place to receive positive energy and at the best opportunities. Being able to know what's going on. It's not necessarily going to the restaurant and making sure that your back is never to the door of the entryway. Because some hitman's going to come in and take you out because you think you're some mob boss. Or maybe you are. Thanks for listening if you're a mob boss. But a point of welcoming. At the same time, being able to see, again, who's coming in. I like the idea of the desk. I've got my desk. I can easily see the door to the office. No problem here. The stove, I can't really see the front door, but I can see several other spots. And it's a good commanding position that if I did have people here, could bark orders or have joyful conversation with everybody. Being able to communicate in multiple rooms at the same time. That was a definite good thing about the last house, was where the stove was, was very fantastic. Very great hosting house. I do miss that. Number five, remove obstacles in your path. Now, this is easier said than done for those of you who have kids or me whose dog decides to leave her dog toys all over the place. Someone needs to learn how to clean up her stuff. 
but you don't want to be tripping over things in the middle of the night or when you're sick or you just don't care, or you're tired, or, or just in general. You want to be able to flow right through your house, right where you want to go, and especially, again, in those times where you're less than aware. Number six is be spacious. Clutter is often in the same sentence as feng shui, but feng shui is less about decluttering and more about creating space. They talk about making that space for that activity or for that storage. Kind of goes back to storing tools in their rightful spot. Put the pens where the pens belong, pencils where the pencils belong, and don't put the paintbrushes in there if they don't belong there. Arts and crafts kind of build up in that corner. Maybe it's board games. Maybe it's video games. Do we still have DVD collections? I do. CDs? No. Vinyls. Right? Don't mix and match. Create a designated space. Do I dare go so far as to call it an altar? No, but the... Because we're not worshipping these things. But it's a thing... It's a spot specifically created for such items. Get rid of the things that you don't use or have aged out. And then refill it back up with stuff that fits in that space, how it's supposed to. Sometimes it outgrows that space and you have to relocate, reorganize, figure it all out. Number seven is space clearing. Again, it goes back in hand, back in line with, if you're not using it, get rid of it. It's one of my rules. If I don't use something at least once a year, it needs to go. And I know I've made that exception on certain things. Easy to do with trinkets, tchotchkes. Those are decorations that are supposed to be on display. But if they're in storage and you're not using them, donate it. Get rid of it. Make space for something else to be filled within that spot. Something useful. Again, if it's even just a tchotchke, something to be on display. But be intent, intentful. Mean what you put there. Mean what you want there. Let it show who... You are what you want your house to be. Number eight talks about plants in the house. Feng shui, plants embody life energy. Living greenhouse plants connect to nature, bringing vibrancy to your home. Green plants are like a fresh-pressed organic green juice for your home. Seems a little excessive. I got plants outside. But there is something to having plants inside, especially because plants like carbon dioxide and breathe out Oxygen. So we can go a little bit sciencey on that situation. Justification for putting plants in the house. Not only do they look good, can they smell good? It gives you something to make sure you keep up on. Making sure you're taking care of that life in addition to your own. It seems like a lot. The picture they show on this website makes it seem like a lot. It's a lot more plants than I'll have. And it gives you justification to keep those windows open. Plants like sunlight. Plants like fresh water. Plants don't need water every day like a dog or a cat. They need it pretty regularly, though. And again, getting that, the life energy. It's not just your life in there. It's other living beings in there. Number nine, offer gratitude. Offer thanks to your home. Be happy that you live in your home, even if it's a miserable dump. Not saying your house is a miserable dump. I'm sorry. Sometimes it's chaos. Sometimes you hate it. Sometimes... Things are broken and you don't want to fix it. You just want to throw a hammer through the wall. Maybe that's what the situation calls for. But be grateful for your home. Be grateful that you have a spot to 
display your trinkets and tchotchkes, but be grateful you have a spot to store your miserable pile of papers and tools or whatever you got going on. Be thankful that you can offer a place to share, a spot to sit, even if it is on the floor, up against the wall, because you can't afford a table and chairs, but you have a dry roof over your head. Be grateful, be happy, and embrace it. When you thank your home and you're happy, you appreciate it, appreciate your home, it will reflect on what you have to offer. Living and breathing. A home, your life, your stuff. It's all feng shui. Living and breathing. And I'm Billy Bones. Living and breathing over here. B-I-L-L-Y-B-O-N, the number three S. You find me on Twitter, at Billy Bones. You find me on Mastodon, the Fediverse, at Billy Bones, at NoAgendaSocial.com. I've got a website, BillyBones.com. There you can find links to email. There's a link for show notes. Just a couple in there today. There's a link that says value for value, because this is a value for value product. I put this podcast out there for free. No paywalls, no advertisers, in hopes that you find value in it. If you did find value, be it the single episode or the entire catalog, fantastic, thank you. I'm glad that you did. The first thing that I ask that you do is you give this show a share. Maybe someone else finds a talking point, finds something to get the gears turning, finds a reason to get the feng shui in action in their home. But if you feel that this show was worth a monetary value, something that, you know, I've earned a handful of shekels, I support, or... I support. I accept the U.S. dollar, and I accept Satoshi's. Both are meaningful ways to be able to help me pay for the bills in this show. Today, I've got one executive producer, Lady Get Over It, sending in her $10 monthly donation. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you for helping me keep this going. No Satoshi's, but if you're using an old, outdated podcast app and you want to figure out more about Satoshi's, go to podcastapps.com, download a new podcast app, and find out about chapters and Satoshi's. Look at the Bitcoin white paper. There's something to do. But if you found that this show, again, was worth some sort of value and you want to support it, but you don't think it's worth just a handful of pennies just for the show, go to tabletopwoodworks.com. That is my personal business, woodworking. Making small designs. I've got outhouses and guitar hooks for the time being. We'll see if I post some... Christmas ornaments. I should. need to quit making excuses on that. But I'd like to thank you again for listening. I love you guys. And I will talk to you next week. 